Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 225 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks so much for being here. Today, my guest is Erica Williams, although you may know her as Hookie Duke. She is an extremely talented illustrator, and we had an amazing conversation. Um, months in the making, just trying to align schedules and all of that, but my gosh, this was worth the wait. Now, during this conversation, of course, we talk about where it all began, her story and drawing and illustrating when she was younger. Her mom didn't really approve of it initially, but she just wanted to draw Sailor Moon. We also talk about that weird feeling when somebody says they love your work and how it's impacted their life, and you kind of sit there and go, what? Me? My work? Erica recently also finished publishing a book, and it's freaking awesome, and you have to go check it out. She tells you where to check it out in this episode and why that book is the project that she is so proud of, what went into it, and all of that jazz. Now, I will also say, Erica asks, and there's been 225 of these questions. So before I tell you this, like this is a big title to carry, and I don't know if it'll ever be toppled. But Erica has the most unique and entertaining ask it forward question that we've ever been asked on the Quickie Podcast here. It is absolutely incredible, and I cannot wait to ask this of the next guest. There is so much in this episode. It is fun. It is entertaining. It makes you feel all of the feels and the things. So let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Erica Williams, also known as Hookie Duke. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Erica, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Thanks for asking. So who is our, who's the friend that's joining us here? Oh, uh, this is Jet. Uh, he's, uh, my flower bud baby. Uh, he's just one of my cats. I <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Jet. Um, first I have to ask Erica, are you ready for a quickie? Yes, I am. <laughs> Happy days. Well, let's get right in with the tough stuff. Are you, um, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, well, uh, as you already stated, my name is Erica and I am an illustrator. I, um, mostly, or I, I, I guess I've historically worked a bunch in, um, like screen printed posters and stuff, but I've kind of been moving away from that. Uh, I'm known for, uh, drawing a lot of fantasy stuff and, cool. uh, specifically like flora and fauna. That's awesome. Kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's a fantasy illustration. So I want to kick this back a little bit further, and I'm going to ask you about your childhood here. Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you down this creative career path? Um, in some ways, yeah, and in some ways, not so much. Um, my, like, I remember always being interested in, like, artsy things, mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that my family 
was particularly like fond of. Uh, my mom really, really heavily pushed music on me, but for some mm. reason, like visual arts wasn't something that she approved of as much. Interesting. So when I was 14 and was like, oh, I want to become good at drawing, uh, she was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yet, like, there's all these little things about, like, growing up and being a kid. And, like, I always had pens around and, like, you could hand me a bunch of toys, but I would always go for the coloring book or whatever that kind of pointed, you know, suggested I might end up here. But mm -hmm. there wasn't, like, a huge push behind it for a long time. <laughs> Okay, interesting. I'm going to dive into that just a little bit. So your mom wasn't sort of the biggest fan of the illustration direction. And <laughs> at, at that age 14, like that's when you went, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. How, how did you sort of be get, um, how do I word this? How did you really start moving forward in that direction? And was there a point where it seemed more le legitimate or to your mom or, or how did that all go? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, heavy. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so the, the, there was actually like my entire career kind of ends up being, uh, points where I made a decision and mm -hmm. that was just like the turning point for me or like, there, like there's just very clear cuts almost. And like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to do this now. Oh, I'm going to do this now. Oh, I'm going to do this now. Um, and the drawing thing was there was a friend who was really good at drawing Sailor Moon. And I was like, I also want to be really good at drawing Sailor Moon. Yes. And it was just a hobby. But I immediately like fell into it like fully, like whole body fall. And it like replaced a bunch of the other hobbies that I was doing at the time. Like I um, went at it full throttle, like no questions asked. But I didn't know if I wanted it to be like a career thing, partially because my mom was very against it and um, was like, get in business, be a CEO, yeah. own a company, you know, kind of a thing. And um, I was like really afraid of it for a while. Um, and she, she didn't like me like going, I'm going to go to art school. And she didn't like me being like, I want to be a designer. Like, you know, like I, I mm -hmm. tried doing all these things where I made it like a little bit more legitimate, but it mm -hmm. wasn't really enough for her and even now like there was a couple a, a gallery show like a year or so ago that I purposely had like in Denver which is my mom lives in Colorado and I grew up in Colorado so you know going home and I could like show my mom this thing and it wasn't like a huge success of a gallery show or anything like that but she was there and she saw like people coming up to me and asking me questions and being really excited about my work and I think that that was really a moment for her that kind of legitimized what I do um and then her also seeing that like oh I am running like a business with this too also <laughs> kind of changed your perspective but it's not like a 100% like I'm really okay with this yeah yet. what sort of a powerful moment though you know where you've been saying this is legit this is legit I'm really good at this it's legit and for that to sort of finally be realized and and click like that must have been such a good moment it was um it it definitely helped me feel a lot better about what I was doing because you know like we all want our parents to like approve of what we're doing. hundred percent. You know? So having somebody like your mom, like not really be on board and then her having that kind of aha moment was like really, it was very empowering mm -hmm. and it felt really good. Yeah. And I've done 
many, many interviews throughout the Quickie podcast where it has been a struggle to get sort of parental blessing, for lack of a better term, for for what you really want to do. And it's not that the parent doesn't agree with your choices. It's they're trying to do what they feel is best for you and say, no, career direction, you know, doctor, lawyer, you like those stereotypical great careers. So trying to to show a parent that hasn't doesn't have that creative or artist background to see that it can be a career, um, it's it's hard for them to see that. It really is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so so deep on you. And no, <laughs> it's okay. There. It's okay. <laughs> I I talk about this with like friends and stuff like that because mm-hmm. everybody has like a different journey, you know, yeah. and I. And I get like really jealous when I hear, I listen to my friends being like, yeah, my parents just like are always there. And I'm just like, ah, it's such a struggle. But, it, you know, you have like so many of us also are have these like really kind of tumultuous journeys mm-hmm. to get to where we are right now that it's it, you just talk about it. like there's it's not yeah. a thing to hide or anything. It's just no. we all have weird way of getting here (laughs) exactly and what's so what's so beautiful about that is you go through that that journey whatever journey it is like and everybody's is different in some way but that influences your your life experience your learning experience you know your resilience and your your drive to keep going it definitely does awesome so perfect so erica is there something along this creative path that you've been on that stands out to you as the most influential design or drawing or illustration or piece of art that you've seen something that you saw and has just stuck with you since uh there's actually like a ton of them um i uh i nobody on the podcast can hear this and you can barely see it but there's a piece behind me um that a friend did that like i was talking to them and it was just like I met them for the first time and I've talked to them <laughs> and I see this cause it's this house moving castle poster. Um, and I love house moving castle. It's like my favorite movie. And I'm like, Oh my God, this artist that I've been following for years did this house movie castle poster. And I had no clue. And so I looked at it and I was just like, ah, fuck. And like <laughs> ran away and like grabs cash from my, my table. Cause it was at a convention and like went and bought it from him. But like, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I love images and I keep them with me. Like my whole studio, again, I'm like, I'm waving my hands around the air and nobody can see, but, um, like all of the things in my studio are like images that I really, really love. And I can't place just like one favorite or, or like five favorites. I have so many favorites that changed me and like affect me to this day, you know, like, and they all throughout my life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're huge. I just can't pick one. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I love like like the blanket statement that you put with that. I I just love images. It's I mean, you, you kind of have to as an artist, I would assume you would have to love images. It's kind of a prerequisite. <laughs> but yeah. I really just do like I love looking at things that are like beautiful and like well made and have good colors or good lines. Like there's just so much in images. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just good. It's, it's just good. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been sort of touching on just now about different pieces of art, different illustration work that you have sort of around your apartment or that's influenced you in a in a different way. What 
or who are some of the designers and brands that you're you're watching or looking up to and, and what about their style or what they're doing do you like oh uh okay uh i'm gonna apologize now if i pronounce anybody's name incorrectly i'm super bad with names and pronunciations um so blanket apology right here uh there is a Korean artist who goes by the name of Mio. She is uh, also a tattoo artist. Um, I cannot get enough of her work. Um, she's just phenomenal. Uh, I love getting her prints. Like other people know that I love her. I believe it's her. I believe she. The pronoun is her. I'm going to start going they just to be safe. Yeah. I, somebody gave me uh, their pen a pen that they made because they know how much I love their work. Um, it, it's just, it's all beautiful. It's all creepy and unsettling. It has like the lore behind it and the line work is fantastic. It's beautiful. So definitely Mio's work. Um, uh, <laughs> now I'm getting to the part where I'm just going to not know names. Uh, uh, Joe Ross, uh, he goes by Feral Kid um, on Instagram. He is from, um, I can't remember what country he's from off the top of my head, but um, he's from Earth. He's from Earth, yes. (laughs) His work is also phenomenal. Um, He has both line and texture just like phenomenal. It's so good. He's actually like my favorite artist. (laughs) Like, I I just cannot get enough of his work. and he's super, super nice. Uh, just a fantastic person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Feral Kid, for sure, is amazing. Um, I can feel your energy and excitement and your love for these creators, like, through the camera. Like, I can see how, how <laughs> much it impacts it. Uh, I am also known for my, like, just being, like, a bundle of emotion on display all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I don't really doubt that at all and I just don't I don't have a very good filter for um calming down <laughs> I guess but it's just something so good and so powerful and like you can tell how much these people love what they're making and it's infectious when you look at it and you just see the care and thoughtfulness and and love behind what they're doing you know like mm-hmm. ah, it it just goes around so how do you feel then with the thought and the idea that other people are getting exactly that from your work? It blows my mind. It actually <laughs> makes me like kind of like physically uncomfortable just because I don't know how that, like it's super weird when you, when you feel it from other people, but like you don't feel how, like you don't understand how you could give that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But people come up to you and they, they're like, oh, this is so great. I love your work. Like, you're my favorite artist. And I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> what? I am unworthy. You know, like, yeah. it's, 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 it's so crazy. It's, it's really just mind blowing that it, that's a thing. Totally. Like it was my perfect example. I was talking about this with my last guest, Monique, um, where, you know, I've had people message me through Instagram and I've had people say to me and like leave reviews, like, the Quickie Podcast has been so inspirational to me, these amazing interviews with designers and illustrators that you otherwise wouldn't have heard of or wouldn't have found. Like, they're not all big names and everything, but they're doing great work and they have great stories. Like, I love the Quickie Podcast, so great. And I was like, really? 
It's kind of my it's awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's it's such a good feeling, but the initial reaction is are are you sure you're talking about my show? Like mine? For real. <laughs> so, <Food. laughs> yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Okay, well I'm so glad you enjoy it, but are you sure? <laughs> that sort of thing. Awesome. Very <laughs> well, Erica, I'm excited to hear your answers to these next questions, but you may not be excited for me to ask them. The next few okay. sort of have um, take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, um, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so what has been the most challenging period of time in your design and illustration career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Can I not just say all of it? A hundred percent you can. Um, I don't know. It's all been really challenging. Um, I, uh, it's, I kind of have always, um, done things myself and I didn't have like connections really. It was, I, I, I just sort of like threw myself into things. And like I said a minute ago, like I don't really have a filter on like my emotions, <laughs> uh, which has presented issues. And um, I also have really severe, like I, I have social anxiety disorder, like bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't really help <laughs> when you're like talking to people and like <laughs> sure. making, trying to like make connections or friends or like at a convention or something like that. It's, it's really, really hard. And like, I walk away from every single one of them just like drained and need to recover mm-hmm. in like every possible way. Um, so there's not like any like specific point in time that really stands out as like the hardest part of it because all of it's been difficult. And at the same time, like I've always had friends that were there like helping me and supporting me and giving me advice and stuff like that even if it wasn't like huge to them it was huge to me and really really helpful just to have that sort of like support along the way so I don't I don't really think that there's a specific time Mm -hmm. where it got really hard right now is really weird though (sighs) I guess because it's 2020 and like you know, sweeping job loss and like nobody's hiring artists or like not as much anymore. And like, you know, conventions are gone. So you have all these typical ways in which you have income and you met new people and like you are, you like gained more of an audience that are just gone. So this is weird. This is probably going to be like my hard spot, (laughs) spot. but um, historically it hasn't, there hasn't been glaring places like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask you this then with, with all of that said and the struggles you've overcome and in, in dealing with social anxiety and that when you're planning and working to put on a show like you did um, in the one in Denver that you described to us earlier, like what goes into that? What's, what's involved sort of emotionally and mentally to prepare and get ready for something like that? Um, Quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I take everything really seriously. And um, like, it's it's all like, everything's really important. And I sort of um, built up a presence. Sorry, my <clears throat> voice is getting a little scratchy. I'm not used to talking to people uh, <laughs> anymore. Um, uh, I 
I kind of, the way that I present myself at events and conventions um, is one that is quite showy, I guess. Like I, I think through like all of the presentation of things really thought like thoroughly and completely mm-hmm. um, when I am doing anything. So something like a gallery show where you're like, Oh, this is, this is like me presenting myself in a way. And this specific gallery show in Denver wasn't, was part of a group show. Um, it wasn't like just me. So it mm-hmm. wasn't me doing like all of the work of going into a, a, a solo show, which is huge. And like, crazy but um you still think about that stuff you know like it's just I had like for for my shows I go all out like there's decorations I like buy ribbon (laughs) I had flowers hanging on the on the ceiling I had flowers at the entrance that were like smells and like you know like I I try to have like this whole encompassing um, experience instead of it just being somebody walking into a room and looking at art on the walls. I want them to kind of be taken away from that space and kind of dropped into the space that is in my head a little bit. Um, and that's kind of how I also look at like conventions and stuff like that. Like so it's cool. always pulling it, pulling somebody out of their space and into my space is kind of how I look at it. I love that analogy and, and the way that you took it even a step further and saying like pulling them out of the space, but into like the space in my mind, like bring them into my brain to see what's going on. Well, I get so many questions about like, how did you approach your branding? How do you decide how you do everything? And it's just like, it's an extension of me. It's, mm. it's not me going, this is what I want to look like. It's me going, this is what I love. This is great. Oh, I love this this is now going to be my brand. This is going to be what I use to decorate my table. I love this color pink. This is now my color pink, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's all an extension of me. So it makes sense for me to just be like, Hey, come, come join me, you know, instead of me pushing it onto something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm good at explaining myself. No, I love it. No, you are. You're really good. And I love it. You're very detailed. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm very detail-oriented, I guess. There you go. Even in your explanations. No, it's really painting a picture, and I'm very easily to follow that and be involved in that. So with this next one, Erica, I want to get a little bit more specific. Could you take us to a specific design, sorry, a specific illustration, a specific piece of art that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Oh man, there's been so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. There's, I have a kind of, I think different experience than a lot of, um, freelancers because I worked really specifically in posters starting off. Like I was going to be a poster artist. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things with posters was that you get paid nothing basically but you get a lot of art direction like you like you you are the art director Mm -hmm. they just tell you like our band likes this we don't want this go for it and then you turn it in and they're like approved you know kind of a thing so I always got to kind of draw what I wanted for the Mm -hmm. most part and that means that now I get hired to draw 
what I've been drawing, which is what I was always wanting to draw. <laughs> so um, it kind of worked out really well. But it doesn't like it, it means that I didn't have like the collaborative print experience where like, you know, the whole team has this like, ah, oh, this really didn't go the way that we wanted it to mm -hmm. as much as other people do when they're working on projects or in groups or whatever. So all of it is kind of like me in my head going, oh, this this design really didn't land the way that I wanted it to. And it really didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. Or um, the art direction just kind of like got out of control and like mm -hmm. they weren't really asking me to do the art that I make, you know, like they hired the wrong artist is sort of how it kind of turned mm -hmm. out. Um, and that's, that's always like a really bad feeling. There was actually one earlier this year, right before everything happened where I had been like, really excited about it and we were going to uh, design like an alien language and I'm also like a big like language nerd. Um, so I was hyped, like hyped on this project and we got into it and you know, I'm doing all these sketches and we're working on it and we reached a point where we're like, yeah, like I think that we're just seeing different things and you just end, you know, cancel it move on and that's sad but like it happens because you're not the right person for it mm -hmm. i don't know <laughs> so in a situation like that you know thinking of this on like the freelance and the business side when a project doesn't come to complete fruition is there like is there still like a financial exchange for your time up to that point yeah i have it written into all of my contracts that um once we reach a certain point um like, you know, the deposit is non-refundable mm -hmm. <laughs> or if like you've gotten further into it that you pay X percentage based on how much of the work is complete or like how far mm -hmm. we've gotten into the process. Um, that's definitely something that I have to have in contracts and with clients definitely. because I do tons of research on things. And by the time that I have a sketch, even though my sketches look like bad, like they're not great at all. Um, there's still like a lot of work into it. So if I don't get paid for that work, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not like, you know, you can explain away rent. Yes. We still have <laughs> expenses. We do get to draw all day, which is great. Still work. And we still have to live. Yeah. Crazy. Exactly. So with being a you know, full-time illustrator and artist, do you find that you still enjoy doing that in your free time for yourself, you know, not as client work or work for a show? Um, my voice is getting weird again. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just not talking very often. Um, no, don't sweat it. I'll put a sweet filter on this episode. <laughs> Make me echo. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, actually think I have a clear answer to that question because like I said earlier, like I kind of already get hired to draw what I want to most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I like spend tons of time on my client work. I'm a very slow worker. <laughs> um, you know, like a drawing takes me a week, so I can't have like a crazy amount of output and that's limiting, but I still love what I I'm doing all the time and everything that I work on, I try to put like a little piece of me personally into it. Like I'll research what I'm 
working on and find something to love about it so that even if I'm not 100% like in love with the project, I am in love with at least part of it. Mm -hmm. And I also have my Patreon, which um, (laughs) that's just crazy that people are just like ready to like send you money to just exist as an artist, um, which is great. And I try to do specific stuff for them. That's always like fun or whatever. Um, We, I usually try to do like a monthly poll where I pick like four things that I'm interested in drawing that I might not otherwise have the time to. And then, they get to vote on which one I draw. And then that's just a little special thing for us. Like as a group, we have this together, but I don't sketch a ton on my own outside of client stuff or gallery projects, just because I don't have a ton of time to, and I don't want my entire life to be just making art. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like as artists, we kind of are so much a part of what we're doing already. Um, It's really important to have something in your life that is not, art related at all um so i try to at least have one or two things where i'm not doing it yeah and i think it's really good how you explained that that you you know you love this so much and the type of clients and work that you're doing is aligned with what you love to to draw what you love to illustrate um so it's almost as if like it's almost hard for you to call that work like because you enjoy it so much well, it definitely still is work. Like I for sure. work way too much, but <laughs> um, I do really love it. Like I am so lucky, like to be able to do this, like one hundred percent, and not have to rely on something else, um, or have like a second job or something like that. It's it's amazing and astounding, and I don't understand how I got there, but um, I. I, I do love it. And I don't think that I would be willing to put in the amount of work into it that I do if I didn't love it. Like you, there has so to be true. some kind of, you know, emotional connection to what you're doing for you to be willing to pull 12 hour days, six, seven days a week, you know, for years and years and years and years. <laughs> you have to like it at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to do that if you hate it. Great. Okay. So I'm going to turn this bus around and I'm really interested to hear if this question is like an easy one and it just like is right off the top of your head, you got it and you know it, or if this is going to be a tough one for you to pull, to pull together. But Erica, I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Uh, okay. So this was, is actually kind of a hard answer normally. Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on the day it'll change, but today, Uh, The project that I'm actually the most proud of is a book. Um, It's my book. I have a book. Um, I actually just threw the sample yesterday. Uh, So it's been greenlit and I'm ecstatic. But um, the reason why it sort of is my proud project is because it's a selection of all of my work. Well, a selection of work, not all of it. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of contradictory language. But um, it's all of these pieces that I've been doing for years with, like, out the the band names or whatever on them. Um, There's only one that still has a name on it, and it's because it was drawn into the art itself. So Mm -hmm. it's inseparable. But um, I didn't think I was going to have a book. I had people for years being like, you should have a book. You should have a book. And I was like, nah. No, no, book? I'm not going to have Me? a book. Nah. I, sh- I haven't earned a book. 
I don't have anybody who wants to have a book of my stuff. Like who, who am I to have a book? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All the while, like totally like every time any of my friends, like I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's going to be so great. You know, like, but I didn't earn it too. It's weird mentality, uh-huh. but I did this Kickstarter and it did so much better than I thought it would. And you know, like I had to actually write about things for the book. Like I had set this goal or the stretch goal that was what I thought was like wildly, like never going to reach. And then, you know, the day that I hit that stretch goal and I'm just like, Oh my God, what is happening? Um, and now I have this like fully bound book with like, you know, the spot UV on the cover and like the custom in papers. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I have a, uh, there's like this physical embodiment of like my 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 path and my career and my love and it's it's real and I can hold it and that's that's the project that I'm the most proud of because it's all of them in one. I just totally cheating, I know, but it's <laughs> no, amazing. Okay, so I had no idea that you had a book and this was this is all like is this the first place you've announced this that it's like good and ready? Um I mean, I tweeted about it yesterday. Okay, so it doesn't, that, doesn't count. I'm not the first. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you're definitely, like, you're hearing about it before I'm updating my Kickstarter on it. So, like, you're kind of getting it in there a little bit. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah uh, this is, I guess, like, the first, like, public, like, ah, about it since it happened yesterday. Like, you That's know, so cool. <laughs> But, Erica, yeah. that's so awesome. I'm super excited for you to have this and to be putting it out into the world. So just to sort of linger here for a sec. Um, first off, obviously, Kickstarter supporters are going to get their copies, things like that. Where else can people find this book? So it's on my website as a pre-order. I had pulled it down for a while because uh, you can't like it's getting shipped from a different place than everything else in my shop and people weren't like reading it. So I pulled it down for a little while out of being like frustrated about uh, constantly having to go back and forth with people on it. But um, it's back up again. It's there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, on my website in the shop, it's right at the very top. Um, but ah, it's weird that it's a thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. Shout out the website. What is the website? Uh, it's uh, ericawilliamsillustration.com. It's just my name with illustration at the end. There's a long story behind that. But um yeah, I think you can also go to hookydook.com and it'll redirect you if you know how to spell hookydook quicker. Um, fewer letters, but yeah, right there. Awesome. Perfect. Everybody, go check out this book on Erica's website. Um, so Erica, you've made it to the Ask It Forward question, um, which is the question that uh, I have a question. Sorry. I have a question for you is what I'm trying to say from my last guest. And you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Monique Meyer from Dallas Fort Worth. Very talented designer there that does a lot of awesome print design work. Um, And she wanted to ask, you know, aside from you know, income and, you know, having the illustrator title, what role does illustration play in sort of the bigger picture of your life moving forward? Now, a great question for you at this point, because you just had this like quantum leap with like finally having this book come to life, like just yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) That's a hard question. Again, like artists are kind of 
their art in a way. I mean, not everybody, obviously, but like I definitely feel very inseparable from my art uh-huh. at this point, and uh, you know, don't think I'll ever retire. <laughs> don't think I can, but uh, for multiple reasons. One of them being, it's just I don't want to stop. But um, uh-huh. I don't know how illustration plays the. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's just always going to be a source of inspiration, even if I can't do it myself. I'll always be inspired by it, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's so good. I see animation studios and I'm just like, I want to be an animator. It's just cool. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, a, uh, it's beautiful. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be up in my house. Um, I'm always going to have illustrator friends. I don't know if this is answering the question. No, it is. And uh, what I'm hearing <laughs> you say is like, it's just like the pure joy and beauty in creating what, what you create, the work that you create and just how that is so fulfilling that moving forward, why would you want to stop? Well, it's that. And it's also just like seeing other people be really excited about what they're doing Mm -hmm. and being in love with what they're doing and how, and that rubbing off on you and just getting to like soak it in from other people as well, you know, like bask in their glory. That's so cool. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. I love that. So, Erica, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, does it have to be serious? Absolutely not. I have had a range of questions from, um, you know, who is one designer, alive or dead, you'd like to sit down and have coffee with, to what's your favorite pizza, to, like anything. Okay. Well, I saw this tweet earlier today about them finding ancient ingredients to like from different places that all would make the perfect grilled cheese sandwich but they're all like highly toxic there's like cheese from a an egyptian like pyramid or something like that Uh and there was a tomato found in italy and bread from japan and stuff like that um like you know four thousand year old bread or something like that (laughs) would you eat the ancient grilled cheese of the gods now that we can assemble it all together would you unknown artist in the future eat this grilled cheese sandwich would you eat the ancient grilled cheese sandwich of the gods yes but remember the cheese could kill you because it might have disease in it might it's a it's a dice god or you could die (laughs) i don't know this is amazing (laughs) this is this is this is top notch it is the (laughs) The most thought-provoking question I think I've had so far. One of them, for sure. And I think I, you're lying, but I appreciate no, it. No, <laughs> I am not lying at all. Because I'm, and, and how I know this is because if I start thinking, while you're asking the question, if I start thinking of like, what would I do? Would I, would I eat the sandwich? <laughs> no, when I start thinking like that, I know it's a good question. Excellent. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd roll the dice on that. I think it I, it would be like such a singular experience, you know, like. Mm. Not only that, yes. but like, what a sweet YouTube video. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> right. ASMR of me eating the grilled cheese of the guy. Yeah, exactly. Right. It just sounds or like, just even like that, that title, like I can, I can envision the video title and like, dude, that's going to get so many views. It would. It definitely <laughs> would. <laughs> Understood. That's not all that matters. I got to like, I want to put the details in here because when I ask this question of my next guest, I'm not going to give any context to it until I'm near the end of the question. I'm going to first start with 4,000 year old cheese, 4,000 year old tomato, 
<laughs> and I'm just going to list the ingredients and have them they just had, like a nonstick frying pan for it. Like they had the whole thing for this grilled cheese. It's incredible. Okay, do you remember where you saw this? Cause I have to look this up. I will try and find it and send it to you. Please do. It has to be in my liked history on Twitter. But yeah, um, yeah it was just like, holy crap. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll send it to you so you can use it. Okay, that's so great. Erica, you have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. I'm so glad we were able to connect on this. We didn't, weren't able to make any times work earlier this year, but I'm glad we all sorted this out. Um, it was. This has been awesome. It's been such a fun interview. It has been lovely. Thank you so much. You. This is great. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. You have to go pre-order her book. It is absolutely incredible. They're fulfilling the Kickstarter uh, purchases first, but it should be out to the general public and available sometime in October 2020. Uh, com. Go get it. It looks absolutely beautiful. The book is called Ritual and you got to get it. Go check it out. EricaWilliamsIllustration.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode and we'll talk to you later.